Welcome back to the Chasing Tome podcast. Today I do another Q&A and uh, this is from a video that we released last week as I record this. Um, some great questions in this one, some stuff about education and college, uh, believe it or not, and how that ties into the gear world. Uh, taking customer requests or doing what I just want to do basically. Uh, how um, how um, some amps will work great with pedals and some amps don't and why that is. And uh, also, a good question from, uh, from a guy named Cody who asks, who are some artists I'd love to build gear for but haven't? So let's jump right in. Well, hello. Back again today with uh, kind of a, another Q&A segment. I've got a ton of things to answer today, so let's jump right into it. Harry Houston asks, did you go to college? If so, what did you major in? If not, why not? Harry, I did not go to college. In fact, I barely graduated high school. That's not something I'm super proud of, but um, it is who I am. And I like to joke I wouldn't have probably graduated high school had I not had that extra PE class my senior year. But uh, for me personally, this is just the way I'm wired. I do not do well in an environment where everybody learns the same exact thing, everybody learns the same exact way, no matter what your skills and talents are. To be really totally honest with you, I'm not a fan of like the way public education works. I just I think it's completely ineffective in a 2018 world, completely entirely. Education should be based more around a person's strengths. So if someone's very creative, nurture that. that that's just how I feel. I've I've uh, I've seen a lot of people that have been pushed into jobs that you know maybe their parents are saying, hey, you should become a doctor or whatever. You know, you should become a, a this. I, you know, parents telling their kids what to do in that way, even if they have the best of intentions, it's not really taking into account the way the world works. Education worked really well to build a, a system of cogs in a wheel, a system of people that do what they're told when they're told, and they do it how they were told to do it. I'm a boundary pusher in that way. So I, I, I always was, I was always kind of rebellious in a way, even against my teachers. Uh, I joke with one of my friends and you've met him before, Jake Steffes, one of our engineers. I joke that, um, you know, whenever p the teachers gave me homework, I would throw the homework away and read guitar magazines like all day during school. That's just what I did. I would read guitar mag magazines and fantasize about having that awesome guitar or learning to play that George Lynch lick or whatever. And uh, then I just kind of did my best on the test and skated by with a cool D minus or so. In the process though, I was always learning something. So I was, I'm very much a self-taught type of guy. I do much better just diving in and learning. And uh, I was always very entrepreneurial. So uh, while I did have a gigantic amount of jobs of, you know, bagging groceries and a little bit of fast food and slinging pizzas and did a little bit of everything. I even did telemarketing at one point in time in my youth. Uh, then I got into the construction industry, not because really not because like I loved it, but it, it felt kind of creative to like build something whether it's, you know, put, putting in cabinets or uh, putting down floors or framing a house. I mean, that I felt like I was creating something. And I think that's, that's kind of what has driven all of the guitar pedal stuff is, is not engineering. It's not uh, uh, electronics, really. It's, it's more about creating a sound, whether that's analog or digital or whether that's a plug-in or whether that's a pedal or an amp or whatever, an app. I mean, 
I don't I don't know it just it, that's I don't care about the method nearly as much as getting to the destination and my my advice doesn't work for everyone some people do much better in a college environment where they learn they're reading a book and they're learning that way they're listening to a professor or what have you that's just not me I, I don't do well in that situation Cody Kerrigan asks uh, what's your balance between taking customer requests and just following your muse. Uh, also, who are some artists you'd love to build gear for but haven't? Uh, a balance between taking customer requests and following, I do both. We don't do a whole lot of custom pedals. I may change that. I've, I've really been having this, this itch to scratch lately where I wanted like just on the weekends and maybe on the side, modify some customers' pedals, maybe build you know four or five pedals here and there and sell them to our hardcore customers on, on Facebook groups or Insta group, Instagram groups or whatever. I've thought about doing something like that and I, I'm kind of feeling like that itch to, to be creative again in, in that aspect. I, I don't really do like uh, a customer contacts me and says, hey, will you build me a fuzz face? Because I'll just be like, no, here's 40 companies that make fuzz faces. <laughs> you should buy one from those guys. They've already got one and it's not going to cost you a bunch of money for me to you know, lay out one circuit board or whatever for some sort of pedal or any sort of design time because if it's any sort of custom thing, generally you, you got to breadboard it, you got to design it to get it to sound right or it's can sound pretty crappy pretty easily. So anyways, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Cody. Who's some artists I love to build gear for but haven't? There's a lot of artists that have bought our gear, but I don't think there's, I don't really do a whole lot of custom stuff. Unless I'm like a gigantic fan of the artist. That's just uh, my, my thing, I guess. If I'm a big fan of the art, artist like Brad Paisley or, or Brent Mason, uh, even though we did do signature pedals, it, a lot of that stuff started out because I was building them stuff out of being a fan. I was building them things and just like, hey, if you guys can use it, check it out. And if you can't, you know, give it away to somebody. And um, I don't know. I think that's... that's I, I've talked about this before. I don't really... I don't really put artists on like this pedestal. A lot of people will, a lot of people put this huge importance on, oh, John Mayer's playing my pedal. And that's great. John's a great guitar player. And, um, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt having him use our stuff. But it's so much cooler to me to have like the 17 or 18 year old kid or the 20 year old kid or whatever. Age doesn't matter. But the guy that's worked for a month or two months or whatever to be able to afford this thing that he really wants. And he could take his money and he could put it anywhere, but instead he chooses to buy something I've designed and we've made. That is more cool to me than having any big name level artist um, happen to pop into a store, buy five, 500 pedals and want, ours is one of them. Um, and a lot of times with the famous guys, they, they buy a lot of stuff to, maybe they can use it on this one part of this one song. And that's cool. That's just not, uh, it's not what makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Bill Kincaid asked, I think it's Kincaid, I would love to know why some pedals, some amps take pedals better than others. I know it depends, I know it does depend on the pedal and the amp. That's a good question, Bill. So let me try to explain real quick here. So this is the Bravado amp, of course. If you'll notice, it's got like this bright switch there. This multi-position switch changes a cap and resistor that's tied to this volume control. You'll find that cap on basically every amp, whether it's uh, Orange Amps, whether it's Marshalls, uh, Voxes, Mesa Boogies, Basements, uh, Crate G40s from 1988, 
Fender Hot Rod, DeVille's, PV's, um, Deluxe Reverb, Blackface stuff, of course. So it's that, it's that part that really makes it like super fizzy or makes it warm and cuddly, pretty much. I mean, there's other things involved as well. So, I mean, if it's, if you just change that cap and it's a really crappy amp design, it may not make the biggest difference. But I mean, if, it, if it's, if it's too crispy, then sometimes it's, it just makes this real high-end, nasally, scratchy type of artificial harmonic that a lot of people don't like that much. But then again, um, the speakers make a big difference too. So you could take a really good amp design and put a really bad speaker for that particular type of circuit or the wrong cabinet with the wrong speaker. I mean, there's some other th other variables that go into it. You can you can make an amp sound pretty bad with the wrong speaker. You can also make a what would traditionally be a pretty bad sounding amp a lot better with a better speaker. And better is very subjective because speaker number A may sound great with amp ones and one and two. Speaker number B may sound terrible with those amps. So um, you gotta do a lot of experimentation. Me myself, I have probably 25 or 30 different speakers here that um, I, I just used to swap out with stuff. Uh, especially when I was creating the Bovado, I went through a ton of speakers to find the right pairing that I wanted for that amp. That's really the biggest parts. The, 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 uh, that cap on that amp, in fact, on a deluxe reverb, you have two channels and one has the cap in it, one does not. That's why one's so much brighter. And a twin has like an actual bright switch. I think that's, that's, that's to me, that's one of the biggest things that makes a big difference is, is what's going on around that volume control and is there too much highs in it? And I think that's what a lot of people talk about how like Fox style amps don't work or don't sound as good with, with their favorite distortion. I think it's because there's, there's so much chiminess, which I love that chiminess, don't get me wrong but there's so much of it there that it makes it harder to work with, with some pedals that have uh, certain types of gain. Matt Berry asks, what does it take to get an idea out of your head and into an enclosure that people will buy? How many people in the chain? How many other companies involved that need paying, et cetera, et cetera. How much do you pay people? No. Okay, so Matt, obviously some of the stuff I can answer, some of it I can't. What's it take to get an idea out of my head into an enclosure that people will buy? It takes, um, oh man, there's so many things to this. It's gotta be the, a circuit that someone wants. There have been times where I've built something that uh, I've wanted personally, and it just wasn't that well received. Uh, there's also been times that we've put out stuff that our customers want that was super well received, of course. And there's crossovers of both. Uh, Plexi Drive was something that I wanted that has been a very popular pedal for us. So customers like that as well. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm always starting from those two different places. Is it something that I want? Is it something that people want? Now, if it's just something I want, a lot of times, especially if it's something kind of wacky, I'll just make one for me and, and throw it in a box somewhere. And, I, you know, I don't care what color it is. I don't care about paint or graphics or knobs or, you know, it, it's just something for me to use. Especially as our company has grown, I, I really pay a lot more attention to what our customers want and what, um, I think people are going to be able to use it for to create something cool. I always like to hear the music that people create with the little boxes that we're building. Of course, I'm breadboarding the circuit. I am sending it to Jake, my engineer, who will then uh, kind of look at it. And he's a lot better of an engineer than I am. I'm just, uh, 
I'm a breadboarding jockey, I guess you could say. I do most everything by ear. Uh, and know just enough of electronics to be dangerous, I guess. But, you know, I, I can send it to Jake and say, he'll look at it and say, um, what do you think about making this change here in the power section? Because this big of an electrolytic cap may cause a problem with X, Y, and Z down the road. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not really going to make that much of a difference in sound with the change you recommend, so that's fine. We'll, we'll get it, we'll lay it out. So sometimes he'll lay it out, sometimes we'll have another company lay it out that, that we work with. Uh, then we'll have a sample built or Jake will build a sample. It, this all depends on how busy our workflow is. Actually, he usually builds three, three or four of them. Sends them to me. There's a few people around me that I'll send them to to get their thoughts and feelings on it. Uh, take it to a gig somewhere and play it. Have them take it to, if they're playing at church, they'll play it at church, or if they're playing a bar or whatever, they'll take it and, and, and play it there as well, and I'll get their feedback from there. We will, uh, sometimes we change it, sometimes we don't change it, sometimes we change it dramatically, sometimes we scrap it and start from the beginning. Just depends on, on how it comes out. From there, if, it, if it's, let's say it's a perfectly good product, we're like, this sounds great, let's move on into making it, uh, you know, part of our line. So from there we have to come up with what color paint. Uh, let me show you what I mean by that. So all these, these are all paint swatches. So I don't know how many is in here. Hundreds, hundreds of different paint colors. And these aren't all of them, these are not all of them available. These are just ones I have here. So kind of start from there and go through and see if there's any colors that we all, uh, me, Jason, and Alex, uh, will agree that, you know, that's a cool color, that's not a cool color. We'll come up with a name which is, in itself, it can be very tricky. A lot of the best names that a person might think for a pedal, a lot of them are already taken. So it's hard to come up with uh, cool, unique names for sure. Uh, graphics, we may it may take us three, four, five, ten tries at getting a graphic, how we really like. Yeah, from there, I mean, it's just, we start building it. And while we're building it, we're writing ad copy. We're trying to uh, write all the literature for the retailers, put together pictures for all the retailers. That way it's all uniform and everyone has like the same pictures and it's not, you know, someone trying to use a, a bad photographer, bad photo, I guess, of, of a particular product. And from there, we reach out to retailers and say, hey, this is going to be our newest release on X date and um, how many do you want us to ship you? They tell us and we ship them and then they pay us. And then you buy the pedal from, so you can buy it from us, a few people do. Other people go to their favorite retailer, whether it's uh, Reverb or Chicago Music or Sweetwater or Guitar Center or wherever, Sam Ash or Bob's Music in Idaho. You know, wherever your favorite place is, then you can go there and buy it. And I, I think that's, it's a different model than what some people do. I think it's kind of cool to be able to, to find the pedal in your store or in the local store to you and play it. And it's sometimes a little easier than hoping it's the right thing and hoping hoping you don't have to flip it on a used market. How many other companies involved that need paying? I can't, I, I'm sorry, I can't go into that sort of detail, but it's a pretty complex conglomeration of how everything works. It's, um, it's not just me in a garage somewhere soldering, you know, 6,000 pedals one after the other. Asmon, Asmon Selland, I believe, uh, asked, do you plan on making more modulation pedals or reproduce the Nirvana Chorus. Yes, I would like to if you guys want them. I mean, if you ask us for modulation pedals, then we'll 
start making more modulation pedals. Uh, I do know there's a bunch of new things coming out that I can't, I, I don't like to spoil it for anyone beforehand, but there's a bunch of fun stuff coming out. I don't think I'm, I'm not planning right now to do the Nirvana chorus per se, but there's some fun things coming out that's kind of in that area, I guess we could say. Could you make a straight digital delay with tap tempo that sounds great? Yes, it's possible. I mean, there are some people buying straight delays, but not very many people want to buy just a plain digital delay without any sort of the buzzwords attached to it. And I hate to say that, but that's just the truth. If you have Wampler, digital delay, it's not gonna sell nearly as good as Wampler, insert fun quirky name here with an awesome graphic and a cool color. It's just the way, it's, it's just the way it works. I, I'm sorry, but even like a plain digital delay, it's got it's got to tell a story in a way. So this is kind of this is part of marketing, uh, and I, that's not a bad word. It just means that it helps people identify with things. So if someone says, um, you know, I'm looking for a very cleanish delay, a very ambient delay, well, that actually is kind of a very sterile delay, but you can't write Wampler sterile delay because nobody wants nobody wants it to be called a sterile delay. They want it to be you know just to be fun or they want it to be something that's enticing. Um, I mean, like when you go buy a hamburger, you're probably not going to buy a hamburger that on the front says this is all the scraps left over from making the good stuff that's just ground up and then sold to you in a pile of mush, therefore you can throw it on the grill. A nice juicy 100% beef burger sounds a lot better. I hope, uh, hope you like this. I hope it really answers some questions you guys may have. Hope it may have helped you in some sort of way. Maybe it gave you some insights to something you hadn't thought about. Thanks so much for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you all like it. If you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com. I uh, appreciate all of your comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, etc. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.